<laughs> the good news is from the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, and 32 through 42. When the day of Pentecost had come, it was 50 days after the celebration of Passover and the raising of Jesus from the dead. The disciples were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of an overpowering wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Tongues of fire appeared among them, and a flame rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them power to do. At this time there were devout Jews from every nation under the heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound of the wind and the languages, the crowd gathered in shock. Each one heard the disciples speaking in their own language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Aren't these people speaking all from Galilee? How is it that each of us hear them in the language we can understand? We come from every corner of the earth, and yet, in our own language, we hear how they proclaim God's deeds of power. Everyone gathered was amazed and perplexed, asking each other, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are just filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, we are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and all your children shall prophesy. The young shall see visions, and the old shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, without regard to gender, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now when they heard this, the people were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and to the other apostles, What should we do? Peter said to them, Turn away from everything you have done wrong and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone to whom the Lord our God calls. So those who welcomed his message and were baptized and that day about 3,000 people were added to the family of believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. This is the gospel, the good news of God's love. Praise to you, O Christ. And the disciples were all together in one place. Today we celebrate the festival of Pentecost, this incredible miraculous occurrence when the Holy Spirit descends like tongues of fire, little flickers of flame on each person's forehead and empowers them to speak in every language of all the Jewish people living in and around Jerusalem at that time.
You may know perhaps the translation that lists all the countries, Ethiopians, Parthians, Medes, from those belonging, the parts of uh, Libya belonging to Cyrene, this long list of ethnicities, geographies. What an incredible miracle, but for the past 15 months, we have longed for that miracle of the disciples all being together in one place. We have experienced for the past 15 months what so many Christians have experienced over time and have been forgotten or left voiceless. What it means to be apart from the people of God and the body of Christ when they have been in prison, when they have been sick, when they have been members of marginalized communities like the LGBTQIA community. We have experienced a little bit of what many people have known as separation from the body. And we have been longing for that miracle of being all together in one place. As we prepare for our individual and collective re-entries into large-scale socialization, as our world begins to prepare for a new normal, even in the midst still of continuing COVID cases and deaths in the United States and around the world, which we cannot ignore. We are longing for that feeling of being all together in one place. And there are some important lessons in the story of Pentecost, a few breadcrumbs along the way to remind us of what being all together looks like. Because the grand question is, how do we know when we are ready? How do we know when we are ready to be all together? How do we know when we are ready to be sent as the disciples were sent? Being ready takes time. This Sunday is the festival of Pentecost, which you may recognize that penta, just like Pentagon, 50. Well, Pentagon has five sides. Pentecost is for 50. 50 days after Passover, 50 days after the story of Jesus' betrayal, arrest, crucifixion, death, and then few days, less than 50, of his resurrection. 50 days. Jesus is raised from the dead, and the disciples don't immediately go out to start preaching the good news of a God embodied in flesh who died in order to liberate us from our brokenness and our sinfulness against God and against each other and against ourselves. For 40 days even, they simply spend time together with the risen Christ. And after 40 days, he ascends into heaven. And for another 10 days, they simply gather in Jerusalem, wondering, what do we do now? Jesus had said, I will send you into the whole world, but is it now? Is it now? Are we ready now? Last week, we heard the story in the scripture of how they replace Judas's empty position among the 12 disciples with the new disciple named Matthias. Are we ready now, now that there's 12 of us? When are we ready? Are we ready now? Maybe we should just stay here. 
Sometimes this is how the story of Pentecost and the miracle of the Holy Spirit can be understood and interpreted, is that the disciples were not willing to leave the house, not willing to get out of the building. Thank you, Sebastian. My cat is feeling Pentecostal this morning and praising me with choruses of Alleluia. I am certain it has nothing to do with the status of his food bowl. Sometimes we can focus inward too much. This is something we see happening, in fact, with anti-racist work throughout our country, with trying to decide, do we know enough to act? Do we know enough about the status of racism in our country, of the roots of white supremacy in American culture? Do we understand enough of the nuances in the conflict in the Middle East to be able to call upon our representatives to act? An unfortunate critique that has sometimes been leveled, unfortunate but sometimes true, in the face of anti-racist necessary work is that many churches simply form book groups and we never learn to move forward into action. We do the education portion, but we can stay focused inward too much. The disciples can be focused inward too much. Perhaps they were simply too afraid, too unsure of their skills, their capacities, their rightness. Do we really know enough to tell the story of Jesus? How can we talk to all these people? Who would we even start with? We can't do it. We better stay here. And unfortunately, sometimes we too can ask the wrong questions. Sometimes we don't ask, are we ready to go out and tell the story of Jesus? But are we ready to fix the church roof? Oh, the roof is fine. Don't, that's rhetorical. Many churches have trouble with their roofs. Ours is in wonderful condition, in no small part thanks to the great partnership we have with Grace Community Center for Life. But we can ask sometimes, how's the building? Instead of asking, how's the story? How are the people around us? Perhaps the disciples were asking the wrong questions. Are we ready? Are we sure? Do we really want to leave? Can't we just stay here together in one place? And so the spirit needs to nudge them just a little with an overpowering wind. The same kind of breath that Ezekiel prophesies in the reading from the Hebrew Bible today, come from the four corners of the earth and breathe upon these slain. Remembering that this is a story told when the people of Israel are in exile, have been destroyed by marauding armies from around them and carted off into slavery and feel like there is nothing left. The question in all of these questions is, in our being ready, in our all-togetherness, in our next steps, is there room for God? Because too often in history and even in contemporary life, we know, we witness the pain of what happens when we move without thinking, without praying, without community discernment and care for the neighbor. We see it happening in support for militaristic conquest, 
in believing that somehow there is a divine right. But when God has not yet shown up to reestablish certain beliefs that we have about the way the world should look, we choose to make it our way with bombs and tanks and death. We have seen it, what it looks like to move without room for God in assertion of the importance of personal freedom over need to care for our neighbor. We have seen it throughout Christian history of the times when we have acted without waiting for the movement of God. The bones are lying in the desert. The body of Christ gets split up. We start to measure who is ready and who is not, who is skilled in one way and who is skilled in another way, and put them in rankings, even though from the very beginning the Spirit spoke and said, what is important is for the community to breathe together. What is important is for the body of Christ to be whole. But of course, you know the trick in that story, don't you? The body of Christ is not whole on the moment of Pentecost. Well, it is and it isn't. The Spirit descends with this incredible gift of speaking in tongues, but only for this one day in which there is this miraculous conversion of 3,000 people, and then that gift dissipates from the story, is gone, is never spoken of again in the story of the Acts of the Apostles. Instead, we hear them going to different communities and preaching the good news of Jesus, the work of God's mighty love. In the language that they speak, not in some miraculous everyone-can-understand language. Sometimes what happens one day is not meant for every day. And although the disciples are united on this one day at Pentecost, although they are gathered all together in one place and sent out with one spirit, it was also okay. And the book of the Acts of the Apostles will tell us this over and over. It is okay to not be there at the start. Remember some of our great stories from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, which opens the door for every Gentile convert into Christianity. The incredible work of the deaconess Phoebe, who brings the letter, the letter of Paul to the Romans. My goodness, the work of Paul. Paul is not there at the beginning when the disciples are all gathered in one place. They are all together, and yet there is no Paul yet. We would not say that those disciples who had gathered together were somehow failing because Paul was not there yet, nor could we say that Paul was not good enough because he was not there at the first. It's okay to not be there at the start. Pentecost happens at one moment in time, and the whole Christian church is invited into so many moments in time. And so I think perhaps the message for us is, if for whatever reason, someone is not ready to gather for worship at the building when we come back together on June 6th, whether it's because they've taken on new work shifts or been assigned them that keep them away from uh, other activities on a Sunday morning or because they work the graveyard shift on a Saturday night. 
whether because their children are continually exhausted from distance learning or blended learning or simply getting through a school year in a pandemic and they need a Sunday morning to sleep in, whether it's because they're simply not comfortable, they're immunocompromised, their children can't be vaccinated yet, it's okay to not be there at the start. Because all together in one place is both a description of where we are and a promise for the future of where we are going. All together in one place will never be able to speak fully of every member of the body of Christ. There will always be someone that can't make it to one gathering of the body. And yet, because of Christ, we remain one body. Because of the work of the Spirit, which gives us all these separate, incredible gifts. Gifts that have nurtured us in the past 15 months. Gifts of strength, gifts of healing, gifts of speaking wisdom, gifts of patience, which we have all needed in abundance. All together in one place is the way that Jesus and the Spirit can describe us in the way they unite us spiritually now and someday, some incredible day in the not-so-distant future, all at one great wide table in the kingdom of God. So whether you are ready or whether you are not ready, know that that promise of all together in one place remains true for you wherever you are. Amen.